Welcome to your found family podcast where we don't just have a heart to heart, we connect soul to soul. I'm your host, Lizzie, a certified coaching practitioner who found family outside of blood family. In our found family, you are accepted and assured that you are not alone. Subscribe and tune in for educational and empowering soul chats with women from all over the world, talking about well-being, personal growth and development, and mental and emotional health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Found Family. I'm so excited. I have another special guest with me here today, Petya, and we are going to be talking about how to heal your inner, your wounded inner child. So Petya Kolibova is a women's transformation coach who helps women who have been pushed down and been playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealed childhood trauma to create a life that is true to them and their sole purpose. Her mission is to help women who are on the path to healing from past wounds move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can finally do what they want to do, what feels good to them, serve other women in a powerful way online. Hethia pairs feminine, pow- feminine flow with strategic planning to give entrepreneurs immense clarity and exact steps to transform from hu- side hustler to CEO. If she's not interviewing on her podcast, Unapologetically Abundant, Working out or reading, you will find her in nature, disconnecting from the world and connecting to herself. Oh, I felt that as I was reading it. How beautiful, Pythia. Thank you so much and welcome. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. You should like record the intro for my podcast. I was like, that feels so good. You know, like how every person has a different energy and like how it's not what we do, but how we really do it. And I'm like, this feels so good. Keep going. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And I know we were chatting a little bit before we got the recording started about how incredibly empowering and and important this topic is talking about the wounded inner child. So I'm very excited for this and would love to start the um, soul chat today talking about your story as it's very beautiful. And I'm wondering, did you experience an aha moment that helped you realize that your inner child was wounded and or traumatized? Mm, That's such a beautiful question. And I don't feel that there was like this aha moment you know like this light bulb moment that one thing would like shift everything as far as my inner child what i did notice though on my journey that there was always like the same i always ended up with the same feeling right so wherever i've been so i'm originally as some people might be wondering where is her accent from so originally i was raised and born in czech republic When I was 20, I moved to London. From London, I moved to Spain. I was there for four years. Now, 11 years in the United States. And it might be like, oh, this is fun. She's struggling. No, this wasn't fun. I was running away. (laughs) I was running away from myself. I was running away from my family, my relationships, because um, the way I was raised was, you know, physically, mentally abused, which led me to be in like the hatred relationship with myself when my body developing eating disorder for almost 18 years when i was 18 i actually attempted of suicide and all these things because i was really hurt 
inside and I was trying to bring it on the outside like even as a teenager I was cutting my hands I still have scars because I felt so much pain inside of me that I didn't know how to express it and the worst feeling is when people look at you and on the outside your life looks good like oh you're young good you're pretty oh you're in you know like good relationship like I'm happily divorced now but I used to be married to a narcissist you know and all these things when I say that I was always ending up in the same feelings no matter where I lived whether it was London whether it was Spain whether it was United States whatever job I would hate I would end up feeling unloved unworthy and I was really feeling empty inside and so it wasn't up until the, the big ah moment in my life, it didn't yet have to do with childhood traumas, but it started to plant the seeds. When I was so desperate, I was around 27, 28, and I was getting into that point like, is this it? Mm. Like this, I'm supposed to live until the rest of my days? I don't want this. Mm. And I was getting back into these dark moments of depression and not really coping a healthy way. That was the moment that I started to search online, you know, and that was like almost a decade ago. And it wasn't as easy as it's now. The podcast, the Instagram, the influencers, like right now you get a challenge, you will get like hundred thousands of people speaking about the challenge like hey you're really not alone right mm -hmm. so it feels better but a decade ago that was when everything starting so i was looking at youtube and uncle google for all the questions like how to not be depressed how to feel happy how to stop with eating disorder and all these things and luckily i found Eloise hay mm. she was the one who truly saved my life because I literally, I was on my knees and crying and I was so exhausted mentally and physically. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? Why I always up until this moment end up on my knees wow. and feeling empty and alone. Mm -hmm. So that was the moment that I realized that something has to change. And I started to brainwash myself instead of letting this inner critic telling me who do you think you are you're mm -hmm. stupid you're silly you're fat all these things i started to brainwash myself with louise hay wayne dyer tony robbins drew dispensa all of these people were giving me hope and that's when i started the journey and looking back because mm -hmm. i don't know about you lizzie but looking back can be sometimes painful and we are like no, no, no i'm past that i'm good no thank you right yeah. This doesn't feel good. Let, let's just put it here under the carpet. Mm -hmm. When I don't see it, it cannot see me. Unfortunately, it doesn't work this way anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's when I started to realize that the common denominator in all of these, it's me. And it wasn't mm -hmm. me, the 30-year-old, because when people look at me like, oh, she has all her stuff together. I mm -hmm. didn't. But on the outside, it looked like. I realized that this goes way back because I started to investigate my life, the situations, the people. Mm -hmm. Why do I end up like this, even when I'm in different places and different faces? And it was this hurt little girl inside. It wasn't the 30 year old who 
you know, like seemed like she has a doll. Mm -hmm. It was the little girl who was feeling unsafe, who was feeling unprotected, who was feeling unlovable and unworthy. That little girl decided when she was seven years old that she's unworthy. She has to always people please. So she deserves her place on the, under the sun, right? And it really took me a decade of, you know, doing the inner work, working with mentors, working with coaches to learn to reparent myself. Mm. Wow. And, yes. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a long-winded answer. <laughs> and I love every second of it. I am sitting here and my body is having a reaction because of how many similarities and how much, like... I, you know, everything that you're saying is like resonating with me on such a personal level because, you know, having had, you know, what's incredible about social media, as you're saying, something that we have available to us now, which I know we were talking a little bit about before we started the recording. It's like when we're going through these things, it's confusing, it's scary, it's uncertain. And we feel oftentimes like, wow, what I'm going through no one else must either be going through it too, or they must not know how I'm feeling because I'm feeling so hurt and I'm feeling so sad and I'm feeling so alone. And then when you realize like, wow, there are so many others who have shared experiences, even if it's not the exact same blueprint of the story, the feelings that we have gained or learned from those experiences are shared. And it feels so comforting to know like, wow, I, you see me, you hear me, you get me. And that's like, you know, what, what found family is all about is like, you get me. Like the fact that, you know, you, you're, and first of all, thank you for sharing your beautiful heart with us. I mean, how wonderful, like I, I honor your vulnerability and you have, again, like this beautiful glow and energy. And it's just so incredible to see this overcoming story, which is the other layer of found family is this, ability to overcome once we look inward. And I totally hear what you're saying that it's so much easier to say, well, if I brush it under the rug, it's, it's not there. Even if I see the mountain, I don't see what's actually under the rug. I'm looking at the rug. So like, it's not there. And I grew up in a, in a very conservative religious household where we were not confronting things head on. We would push them under the side and push them under the rug and it would just compound. And that, that is a very toxic um, cycle because it's, I was taught to suppress. So I could not, um, you know, agree with you more about the way in which you, you shared your story about like what happened sort of behind the scenes. I know my kitty, for those of you watching on YouTube, my cat makes appearances. <laughs> um, and the two things that like resonated with me a lot as well is the fact that you said that the mentors that you were connecting with, even if it wasn't face-to-face, -face, like through books and through you know, different platforms, it gave you hope. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing that I, I want to sort of back pocket and bring up later. But that sense of hope is something that can be that beacon of light that as we're going through these really dark times and like turbulent times is when you feel that sense of hope. For me, I mean, I totally agree. Louise Hay was definitely like an anchor for me. Um, Dr. Brene Brown was in a similar way, that person that like literally saved me for myself. Um, I've talked about this on Found Family as well before that in a similar way, about five years ago, I was in the darkest, deepest depression of my life. I was like around 24, 25 at the time. Um, and, you know, had 
suicidal thoughts and I was in just a very deep, dark space. And it was through Dr. Brene's Brown, Dr. Brene Brown's book about um, like the gifts of imperfection as a fellow people pleaser and having had that kind of like, well, you need to be this perfect person for this person and this person. It all stemmed back to one specific person for me. And it was very much, you know, um, like not getting to really heal that inner child that was like, I just need you to, to make me feel the safety and the love that I didn't feel when I was growing up. So again, like just so beautiful and, and thank you for sharing. And I, I hear what you're saying too, that it's not always like a specific aha moment, but like little ones along the way. So I think that's a really important thing to really, you know, emphasize to our listeners is that it doesn't always have to be like a specific moment. Sometimes it can be, and that's wonderful. But if it doesn't happen for you specifically, don't feel like there's something wrong with you or don't feel like you have to wait for the perfect moment because it, it can be your body's way of sort of having a, an accumulated little mini aha moments. So just wanted to <laughs> kind of share and highlight that. And I think a great transition then is to talk more about this um, inner child healing. So how can you share with our audience um, what is inner child healing? Mm, such a beautiful question. You know, what is childhood like childhood uh, trauma healing or wound healing? Because sometimes we say to ourselves like, oh, my childhood was good. It wasn't that bad, right? So there's nothing to heal. But even if you didn't have a trauma, like being abused or being beaten up or living, growing up on the streets, right? Like there are um, different faces. But if in the childhood, when you were growing up, if there were moments when you're feeling unsafe, unheard, unseen, you created a stories that are still coming and living here with you. Oh. So I think that very important thing, it's like, it, you know, this happened a couple of years ago, we were hosting retreat in Bali. And one of our participants, when I was introducing childhood healing, she said, well, my childhood wasn't like that bad. Like, yeah, my parents got divorced, but like, there was no trauma. I'm like, okay, that's okay. It doesn't have to be like, a mountains that we have to like, you know, like overcome. But tell me a little bit more about how you felt when you were growing up. What was your relationship and what stories have you created about your childhood? Because I can promise you that the way your parents see that it's different than when you see that. So she was sharing with me and she realized as she was sharing and we did, you know, hypnosis and meditation there too she realized that she felt abandoned by her father because he didn't put her asleep when she was a little girl and then he got remarried. So she felt that there was never this like bond like created deeply with her and she felt that there's something wrong with her because if her father would love her, he wouldn't get remarried. If, her, if she would be enough, he wouldn't be searching for a different family. Mm. So we got that and we were able to heal it because I invited her to a different perspective and I invited her to reparent herself. So we did a meditation, visual meditation when the father were putting her in the bed and he was telling her the things that she needed to hear because your subconscious mind cannot distinguish between memory or when you create something like a visualization, when it's emotionally charged, your subconscious mind cannot 
distinguish. So we were able to do that. And thankfully that we did that because she went to visit her family in Europe where she's originally from. She lives in the United States now. She was able to go visit them. Her dad got really sick and he passed away just a few months later. Oh. It was unexpected, but also thankfully she was able to heal that because she did change her relationship with him. Wow. The way she saw him, she the way she behaved with him. So it doesn't have to be huge traumas. Like for example, me, I was physically and mentally abused and was called names that you would never call your worst enemy, let alone, you know, like five, seven, 10 year old. So for me, it was different, but I also have clients who were sexually abused as a little babies. I'm like little girls, like something I can never comprehend. So there are different things that we get to be healing. Yet it all comes back to, did I feel loved? Did I feel hurt? Was I, was I able to express myself? Mm. How did I view the world? Like you get to ask yourself these reflective questions and maybe the answer doesn't come right away, but you're planting the seeds. You're planting the seeds for your little child to be seen and heard. And listen, maybe your parents love you so much and you had an amazing childhood, yet they were working a lot. And you were not able to play with them as you wanted. It doesn't make them bad parents, right? Mm -hmm. But it makes you miss on something that you wish that existed back then. Yes. It's your time to step in and reparent yourself and give yourself the things. Because if you don't do that, and this is coming into the place of like realizing if you don't give yourself what you needed as a little child, you will be compensating it now as an adult, you will either will feel unworthy and unlovable, right? And it will reflect in your relationships, in your job, in your pay, in your relationship with your body, right? Or you will be attracting the same things into your life. Mm -hmm. Up until recently, like now I'm engaged, you know, I'm getting married this June. I'm so in love yes, with my fiance, yes. <laughs> but up until I met him, you know, um, I was in toxic relationships mm -hmm. because I was recreating that relationship with my father because I was not able back then to go back and heal it. I tried to heal it like as adult and go and see him and he would like refuse and all these things. So I wasn't able to do it physically to go and see him, but I was able to heal it, forgive him, forgive myself, mm -hmm. forgive myself. That's a huge one. That is a huge one. <laughs> because very often when I'm talking about forgiveness, people are like, yeah, I can like this person. I'm like, uh, 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 where on your list are you? Oh, that's great. Yes. It's so yeah. easy to point out, but the three fingers are pointing back at you. Because for me, it was very easy to forgive my stepfather because I'm like, he was immature. He was a young parent. He adopted me. Like my mom, she already like married him when I was five year old. He didn't know what he's doing. He comes from abusive family. So it's not like I will forget what he have done, but I can understand. Mm -hmm. But I was struggling with forgiving myself the things that I did as a child to call attention, the shame and guilt that I created when I like hurt animals or when I was doing things that are like inappropriate age, right? All these things because I was so craving love. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have goosebumps, Pythia, because literally, again, so much of your story is resonating with me and is like, 
just very, very similar with, with my story and with me, it's, it was always my mom. So it's, you know, it's interesting that in some form it, it can be a parent, it can be another family member, it could be a friend, like it, 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 there's so many different versions of where that can come from. But, you know, a follow-up question that I was going to ask are, um, was, are there, you know, signs that our inner child is wounded and or traumatized? And a lot of what you shared by bringing up some of the questions that we can ask ourselves, like even if we weren't um, in a position where there was physical abuse, or as you said, like living on the streets, things like that, emotional abuse is still abuse. And if we, you know, either energetically picked up or interpreted something that we were not getting the emotional fulfillment, especially from that one parent that we desperately craved it from and didn't receive, that is still traumatizing and is still something, as you said, that we then seek in others and seek, you know, through life. And again, it was, you know, it wasn't until 26, 27, like around the same age that you shared that I started to really not only realize that conceptually, but to internalize it. And there is so much truth. And that's where, you know, again, this reparenting, which is such a beautiful word, the fact that we have, we, we can empower ourselves to reparent ourselves and to be that person, to be that voice, to be that, you know, whatever it is, insert here for ourselves that we didn't receive. Um, and it sounds like, again, some of the signs is like, are there certain patterns of behavior? Are there certain patterns of um, decision-making that we are seemingly going into, whether it's the same type of toxic relationship or we're seeking for love and fulfillment from you know, money or from material things? Like there, there usually can be a, a more obvious um, or more apparent kind of sign, if you will, um, that can help us to, to be more like mindfully aware. And then, as you said, it's like the, the more challenging next step that a lot of people sometimes can be afraid to go into is like the self-work, you know, and it, I've said this on Unfound Family before that it's like self-work is hard work, but it's worth the work. And that is really, you know, the, the mantra that I had to keep reminding to myself was, okay, if I keep spinning my wheels, so to speak, and looking for things externally, I'm not going to feel the true unconditional fulfillment. It's band-aids, temporary fixes, you know, but what am I really seeking for? And it was a loving, healthy relationship with self. So I totally hear that. Curious to hear if you wanted anything to add to that or if that was sort of because I was piggybacking on what you were sharing too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And I absolutely love that. And um, one thing that I would love to just add to how beautifully you not, you know, like wrapped it up was um, really ask yourself, like, how am I feeling with my life? Mm. If nothing ever changes, am I okay with that? Right? Because very often when I ask my clients, they're not, they're not okay. And it, listen, you're, life doesn't have to be bad and terrible but very often we have this feeling inside like i know there is more mm -hmm. and i know i'm not living it where in your life are you stopping yourself mm -hmm. where in your life you're not fully expressed and why and go back right. go back and really ask yourself when did this started when did i stop trusting myself when did i stop having 
uh, fun and playfulness, right? Because uh, listen, maybe there is someone who is listening right now and they're like, well, I'm feeling really fulfilled. I'm happy and I'm joyful and I have a playful time and I do enjoy who I am being and I love evolving, but I feel good. Great. Great. That's amazing. I'm happy for you. Very often, and I was one of those people, we are looking for the answers, you know, like, oh, podcast and book and, you know, all these speakers. And it did save my life, literally, that there was hope and there was this knowingness that there can be more in life, right? Mm -hmm. So really check in with yourself. Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Um, do you have fun in your life? Because your life can be okay, but are you being playful? Are you laughing every day, right? Yeah. We can go through um, many challenging times. Like, for example, right now, my grandma, it's in a hospital and she's my best friend. She's my baby girl. I love her to life. And while I was in Europe taking care of her, she had a stroke and it was unexpected. It was challenging. She had another one last week. So these are the days that are heavy for me, yet I make sure that I bring this little girl out because if I will sit here and cry and sit in my corner, who am I helping? Mm. Would she want me to be like this? Am I really bringing in the playfulness? You get to have that. You get to have that space and the creativity. And that's how you, when, when there is no creativity, when there is no playfulness and fun and joy, that's when you know that there is a little bit missing from your inner child, right? Because right now I, I do work with my inner child, you know, and when people start with these questions, like, doing this reflecting questions, the next step what they can do, what I do with my clients, is find an older picture of you when you were like three, five, seven years old, you know, and print it out, you know, ask your parents, print it out, put it in the mirror. And because sometimes it's like, people are like, oh, this is weird. Like, what do you mean inner child? What do you mean talking to the inner child? Like <laughs> some people, they have a resistance and I get that. Listen, I was super skeptical about it too. But when you start doing the inner work, you start feeling differently. You start attracting different people and opportunities. So you don't have to understand everything, but it works, right? It's like, listen, I don't understand electricity and gravity. I know it is, but like, you cannot sit me down with a piece of paper and explain it to someone. I don't know, right? But it still works. The, the inner work works. The energy works. So I would really invite you to find some older picture of you when you were a little child, put it on the mirror. And when you're passing, just look at this child. Just start connecting. Because like having conversation with your inner child or like healing it can be like still very out there because up until this moment, you never done any work around it. You heard about it, but you never actually sat down and do something about it. Mm -hmm. So just to start then introducing it, start creating this connection, start looking at the picture and you will start feeling differently. You will like maybe smile, maybe like, Hey, what would you like to do today? And you just start in your head. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But you will start feeling the energy shifting because this little girl or boy mm -hmm. will start to feel seen.
Mm-hmm. And you know, like when you start paying attention to the kids, you know, like when you go to the airport or you go to the store and you like, there's a child and this child like spots you and it starts looking at you <laughs> and you like smile and they start to like being shy, but they're like looking at you. Right. And it's like, there is this connection and it's beautiful. It beautiful. Right. So start there. You don't have to go deep. You don't have to like start healing start noticing, start being aware, start inviting, start, you know, paying attention. That's the most beautiful thing you can really do. And then intuitively you will know what to do. Mm -hmm. This little child will guide you. There will be steps, but don't let yourself overwhelm. Like, Oh, what should I do? Like, Oh, right. And then you do nothing. Start with awareness. Start with the picture. Oh, that's so beautiful. Because that helped answer the next question that was going to be, what are the ways that we can begin healing our inner child? And you said that so beautifully. And again, like the flow in which you started talking about it was just such a beautiful transition. And it's just, I actually have not done what you just suggested. And I was visualizing what you were saying as you were saying it, as though I had a picture and there was one specific one that came to mind. And it it was, it made me like very emotional. Like even just now sitting here thinking about that photo because you know, it's you, but yet there is a little bit of like separation to be able to look at that child as a child with compassion and be able to say like, if I saw you today and see like, this is getting me emotional too. It's like, if I saw you today, just like to go give you a hug and just knowing that you can do that to your own self. And it's just like, what a beautiful gift that we can give to ourselves in that way through this visualization and to have the picture. Like we have photos of ourselves as adults. I mean, we're the selfie culture. Like we have too many photos of us, you know, and it's, it's understandable because of where we, you know, where we stand with everything. But to think that having that picture could be that visual representation that just further emphasizes or, or, you know, helps to support you with, with your healing, it gives even more of that visual. And I just, I celebrate everything that you just said. Cause I'm like, <laughs> now I want to go get an actual picture. If it's not the exact one, cause maybe my parents have it. I'm like, how can I go get a photo, print it out and do that? Because I mean, what a beautiful, you know, and it's, it's almost like, and I mean this in the best way. It's like, it's a very simple first step, you know, and that's something that I love as well as that it doesn't, you know, healing and growth. I think for those that are either newer on their, their growth and journey or don't know where to start. You know, you kind of look at people who feel like, oh, as we said at the beginning, right? Like this person has their stuff together. They, they look so successful. They look so happy. Like how long did it even take them to get to where they are? Like, I won't ever be able to get that far. Or maybe it's not possible for me. And again, I totally get that, you know? So for anyone who's listening, who is feeling that right now, or who has thought that before, you're not alone and we see you and we hear you and we are here for you. And it can be as simple of, of a step as printing a photo and doing what you said. So I thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's fascinating and it's funny because I was just sharing this with my fiance yesterday. Um, I used to be a super hard worker. I would have like four side hustles and working really hard coming from this 
wounded, you know, like energy that I have to be proving myself and validating myself and working really hard so people can see me. And I got to the point that I'm like, I'm exhausted. I don't want to be doing this. This doesn't feel right. So I shifted everything like three years ago. Now I work only like two, three days a week, the most. I work only with women I truly love. And I was able to build a six-figure online coaching business in nine months because I was able to heal. And what I really love is doing things easily. And simply, we overthink, we overanalyze, we think it has to be hard, we think it has to be difficult. Does it really? Or do we just want it to be hard so we can prove ourselves that we are deserving? Oh, (laughs) mic drop. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to be hard. Why? Mm. And I'm working right now. I have three mentors because I truly, truly believe, listen, for me, it took me a decade, right? It doesn't have to take you. Women who work with me, it takes them weeks or months to really shift their life because I walk that path. I have the tools. I invested in my coaches and mentors. Right now, I'm also working with a mentor for human design, which is just like, you know, it's like a a personality test, but it's more of like astrology and, you know, like all these beautiful things. And one day when I had my session, I was sharing with her. I'm like, you know, I think I might be lazy because I'm working like three days and I do have my five figure months. And I'm like, how can I work even less? And it's not because I don't love what I do, but I so love my spaciousness and being with my love and being with my family. And we're planning kids next year, you know? So I'm like, I want a more spaciousness, right? Is it because I'm lazy? And she was like, no, based on your design and who are you being, you came here to really help people find their purpose and show them the easy way. So I'm like, awesome. So I'm not lazy, Uh, right? I came here to find an easy way and then teach it. Wow. How beautiful. That's so beautiful. I got goosebumps again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. I love it. That, that is gorgeous. And, and again, that's further, you know, um, clarifying, like just the, the, how it becomes so effortless that, you know, even just before we talked about your human design and how you are on this mission to help simplify things so that people can fast track the healing and the growth and the journey that you've gone through look at how even before mentioning that it just came it was so like authentic and beautiful and just like flowed from you because you are living by your design you are living your authentic self and that is another like beautiful thing that comes from the self-work so i think that you know in the same way that there's all those commercials right about like medications and whatever and they're like oh these are the side effects and it's like side effects of self-growth and self-worth is like love peace, connection with yourself and inner flow, right? It's like, (laughs) and prosperity. That's the one thing I really learned on my journey is that when you become unapologetically yourself, Mm -hmm. true to who you really are, the abundance comes. It's not from a hard work. It's from being yourself, embodying who you really are, because then people are magnetized to Mm -hmm. you and be around you, your people. You don't have to validate. You don't have to prove. You get to take an inspired action. I will never tell people to sit on their booty and everything will come to them. You will get bored anyway, right? (laughs) But the thing is that when you truly embrace who you really are, when you step into this healing journey, Mm-hmm. It's going to have an ebbs and flow, everything in life's half, but it's going to be less drastic and it's going to be faster and you will be more in your flow. And 
it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. It is. is. The word that just keeps like coming to mind is like authentic. It's just living your authentic self and it becomes more natural and more free flowing once you do the self work. And it's, you know, it, it really does feel different, you know, seeing and remembering, because I was actually just having um, a conversation, like a, another fellow soul chat with a friend of mine from college who I haven't spoken to in quite some time. And there was a lot of these kinds of, you know, deep soul chat topics that I love getting into that we connected on. And it, it does, it's a, it's a moment of reminder of like, look at how far we've come, look at the incredible you know, ways in which we are now able to live our life and to know that this path, you know, was, um, you know, something that we've gone through that now we can sort of be the, the Louise Hayes and, and pass the torch and then others can continue to do that. And it just continues to spread this beautiful, you know, good energy and good vibes. And it's, it just makes my heart sing. I mean, all of this just makes my heart sing. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. And you see like it, it can feel daunting and challenging, but also enlightening and freeing yes. and liberating. Freeing. And yes, giving That's yourself the things that you wish that you have had, like give yourself this now and everything in your life will change because your energy will shift. The people you're attracting will shift and you will create a life that it's really true to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing. Truly again, such a treat. And as, as we're coming to the end, you know, I would love to be able to ask you um, where our found family can, can find you and where we can all just love and support on you. I know that we mentioned that you have your podcast. So, you know, to everyone um, who's listening, as always, the, um, all of Petia's information is going to be in the description of the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, it's in the description. But Petia would love to hear also um, from you what other social platforms we can find you and support you. Mm, that's such a beautiful question. I am all over Instagram. That's my jam. I just okay. love it. I love being there. It's just my name, Petia Kolibova. And then I have also free Facebook group, Unapologetically Abundant Woman, where I created a beautiful safe space. It's a community where I train, where I bring teachers and trainers to support you in living the life of abundance and being unapologetically you. So those are my two favorite places to hang out. Amazing. Wonderful. Well, found fam, we definitely want to encourage you to go and check Pythia's information out. And again, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful heart and energy and soul with us. This has been so beautiful. And I'm, I'm so excited for everyone who's listening to begin the reparenting work and to, you know, really use this as a way for this divine intervention from the universe for me to go print out that photo too. So we're all on this journey together. I mean, that again, just further shows that we really truly are all in this together. Mm, yes, we are. And thank you so much for having me and the beautiful oh, work amazing. you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and tune in next week for a new topic. To help spread the good vibes, please share this episode with friends and family, or if you share on social, be sure to tag me at Coach Lizzie.